We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This hour is brought to you by Vasectomy Clinics of Chicago. The Bernstein and Holmes Show. Some texter wants to tear down Gurney Mills. See, this is my favorite part where people just say what they want to tear you down. You know what this is? This is a corollary of when there's like a lineup change at the station and the next week is just people saying who they want fired. I'll tell you what, there's a building near me that's fallen down and filled with rats and they should condemn that thing. Their ex's house. You knew an ex was going to get their house torn down for the Bears Stadium. I like the person that says tear down Lake Michigan. I stand up. Good idea. Football boat. Let's just get a boat and let's put the Bear Stadium on a boat. Permission to be ridiculous here? Sure. What's going on with reality shows and islands? Why is everything on an island now? Because you can't get off. You can't get away. And there's the implication of danger. Think about it. She's out in the middle of nowhere with some dude she barely knows. You know, she looks around and what does she see? Nothing but open ocean. Ah, there's nowhere for me to run. What am I going to do? Say no? She would never say no because of the implication. You said that word implication a couple of times. What, what implication? How you been? You good? Bernstein and Holmes. Middays 10 a.m. till 2 on Chicago Sports Radio. 670 The Score. It's 50 damn degrees on February 1st, or at least it's going to be at some point this afternoon. The sun is out. You buried the lead. Abundant sunshine in Chicago the first day of February. Rabbit, rabbit, rabbit. There you go. There's good luck for the rest of the month. Now you got it. I lost the rabbit, rabbit, rabbit game today. Beth beat us to it in the family group chat. Okay. Darn it. I know. I mean, he's not going to be awake. So I never worried about that because usually between Beth and Zoe and me and then Zoe. You just said it at midnight. You can't do that. But that's it's the supposed, first. It's supposed to be that when you wake up, it's it's it, it's wake up at midnight. If you're already no, that's not. You can't you, you, you can wake up at four thirty without an alarm. I sometimes I do. But that's just to go pee. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go You don't start your day and take notes? Well I, then, then wash a car. I have washed my then car. Rabbit, rabbit, rabbit. And then I then I go to the George Hallis statue. And, As you should, and, and then and then I do my prayer breakfast, and As you should, and and then I can start my day. That seems like a full day. And then I grant an audience to whichever journalist has has paid homage and and given me my weight in gold. Our editor at six seventy thescore dot com, Cody Westerlin, mm-hmm. pig. Pig. pig, 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 Westerlin. Mm-hmm. He did a write up on you. Do you remember this? Yes. He this did. was about a month ago. Yeah, when he, he, did. Yeah. I, he shared that. Yeah, I had him send it to me. Your entire day. Mm-hmm. He covered your entire day. He did it as if it were a Kevin Warren article. 605 farts. 
Well, but that's part of the prayer. It, that's, that's only done reverentially. 606, put chicken in plastic Ziploc bags. Yep. <laughs> yeah, he had the whole 607, thing. 607, wash car. It's a prayer to bless the chicken. Well, that's part of it. You have to. It's, it's a Santeria ritual, actually. I don't practice Santeria. Well, God, I don't got crystal, crystal ball. ball. We are We've had quite the beginning of the show yeah. already, <laughs> right. haven't we? What are you doing? We're broadcasting live from the Hyundai studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. And we are going to speak with Alex Brown at 11. I have a feeling that we're going to bring back some of the things that Spice Adams had to say about it. <laughs> Spice was so great. <laughs> I know. It was always great. Uh, we're going to do High Noon. I've got a very special announcement at High Noon, a big, important, special announcement that you are going to want to hear. Okay. Matt Bowen at noon, Jason Leisure at 1, and all sorts of stuff coming up. But what is going on in college football when coaches are like, yeah, I'm I'm deuces, taillights, you can have this. I'm going to go be a coordinator and sit in a, in a heated booth behind a pane of glass, and you can have all this. I think that there there's so much that's going on. Like, the landscape of college football has changed so rapidly over the last two years that Coaches have been caught a little bit flat-footed. Like, More than a little. You guys that are walking away from the game, like I'm sure that it played a role in why Nick Saban is like, you know what? I've, I've done everything that I need to do for the game. I'm going to go boogie boarding from now on and sit on one of my many estates. Well, that- people are also mentioning that the job of college football coach is a far cry from what it was in this particular environment. When you can, you're, anytime your phone rings, half your team could be gone. Anytime you get a text, your quarterback could leave. And I read there was some unnamed coach who mentioned in one of the articles that I read that current college players have more leverage than NFL players. Explain. They're not under contract. And the, the toothless NCAA is just chasing its own tail. And a, any of these crackdowns that they've had have been against these collectives and essentially for tampering. But everybody's doing everything. And anytime somebody points a finger at one school, another school's like, well, you're doing that too. How dare you that everybody's glass housing everything? Well, you're everyone's tampering. Where what's happening is somebody close to a player is calling up a school and saying, uh, let's let's just say so and so was in the portal. What would be available for him nil wise? Let's just say. So everybody's being recruited all the time. So coaches have to constantly be reassuring their own players. Everybody who's at a certain school is there's it's never over. Where in the pros, that's tampering. You get docked draft picks for that. You get in real trouble coming after you can't even tell me you know the penalties for even talking about a player under contract when executives are asked or coaches are asked you can't mention another player another team but in college it's happening everywhere and players who are established is starting quarterback of a major program at any point can constantly have people gauging where there might be more better money opportunity no matter what their commitment has been i am not I do not feel bad for college football coaches. No, I'm not asking you. I'm, I, I'm, 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 I'm not playing I know, the violin I know, for them. I know I'm you're saying, not. It's why they're leaving for the pros. But I don't feel bad for them because they have had it like Burger King. 
their their entire lives. They've been able to dictate how everything goes and in a threaten to leave. They've been the ones who they were like, oh, maybe I'll go to this. Give me more money. Give me more money. And now they're getting a little taste. Ain't no fun when the chicken's got the gun. And think about all of the things chicken that happen. Rabbit. It's rabbit, rabbit. But you can use chicken too. Um, think of all the things that they do to threaten players on a yearly basis because the scholarship isn't for five years. It's five single year scholarships that they can they can pull your scholarship at any time and and they often will threaten people at the lower parts of their roster with that to run them off yep. yes they're they're looking for improvement on a roster and they've had it they've had a sweet deal and a sweet ride for a long time and now that the ride isn't so sweet and easy we've seen coaches not just college football this is part of the reason Jay Wright walked away from from Villanova as well. Now that it's that the landscape is changing and there is a power dynamic shift, they're struggling with well, what does this mean to me? What has happened to my power? What's my job? What is my job now? Do I have to add jobs? to what it is that we do from a football standpoint now. Well, there are new jobs in college football. There are new de facto jobs that that defy easy categorization. Yes. So why don't we take a break and let's talk about this? Because we we ran across a piece that I think honestly went under the radar as to really telling you What's happening in college football in particular? Dan and I are going to work through it and talk through it, and we look forward to your feedback. It's Bernstein and Holmes here with you until 2 on The Score. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You're listening to Bernstein and Holmes. Middays 10 to 2 on 670 The Score. Yeah, it was it was tough. Uh, I was torn. My wife, kids. Uh, I love Michigan, but I love the NFL too. And uh, there's no Lombardi Trophy in, in college football. And yeah, I got so many sands left in the hourglass, and I want I want to take a crack at that. And there's there's uh, nowhere better to do it than with the Los Angeles Chargers. Like sand through the hourglass, or, or sands, or sands, or grains of sand. However you want to phrase it. Jim Harbaugh or Sands Sand is leaving. What a good idea because he's chasing the Lombardi trophy and he can leave this this swirl of insanity that has become major college sports to other people because now these these college staffs have to have a lot more than coaches on them. No doubt about it and his staff was one of the people that had this be a whole thing. Last night, you know, I'm, I'm flipping around on reels, and every now and again, I'm, I'm guessing it's just in my algorithm, Max Brown, who was a 
quarterback at USC. He was talking about a position in college football now called general manager. And he was talking about a player that a former player that had that role and his name was was Chris Morgan, right? Chris Morgan. Mm -hmm. So he did that job at the university of Michigan. And then he did that job at the university of Washington. So two teams that he built faced off. And so that was kind of the whole crux of the piece is that the, the, the guy who built the two teams that were in the championship that's what the story Ari Wasserman wrote it for The Athletic. It's a really good story. We're trying to get Ari on the show to talk about it. Think about that. I've heard even of, I've heard a lot of coaches that have been trying to, whether it's put someone on a staff or if they're trying to put more women or minorities on staffs, will use the term chief of staff for a college football I had never really heard of the term general manager. And this guy was the general manager of both teams. He's now the general manager of Alabama because he went with Kalen DeBoer down to Tuscaloosa after Nick Saban retired. And what we're talking about here is someone who understands, like, usually this guy, and I, I don't, I don't want to paint him as, like, a dark, shadowy figure, but usually this was the guy that, we knew about, but was never legitimized. Well, it used to be you'd also have a bag man. But that, that's what I mean. Where now it's a combination of recruiter, coach, agent. It really is. is and, and sometimes you've got pro personnel people, too. That you have the equivalent of people on your staff whose job it is to be a liaison to your collective, to, to make sure you know what money is available for anyone on any other team should they express interest. Courtney Morgan, not Chris Morgan. Courtney Morgan is who we're talking about. I literally, like, the person that we were talking about putting on the show texted me that. And I told him, call the show. We want to talk to you about it. But anyway... Yeah, I'm fascinated by all of this because it's showing that there has to be like a real structure that has to take place in the new world that is NIL. And you know me, I'm all about, I want kids to be able to go wherever they want. Like, I, I, I'm glad that there is a free agency. I know that there's some chaos that is that has now happened because of it, but... I am fascinated by this, that, that this is you. If you're trying to get ahead of things, then you better have someone who's going to help you out in this regard. You got to have someone who is more than one, at, le- more, but, at but, least one, but you got to have major someone that, that understands this better than, you know, we do. And they do because you have coaches that have kind of been set in their ways for decades in some cases. And now this is the new frontier. How are you going to go about getting the players that you want? And how many times have we heard stories, Dan, about coaches stockpiling at the bottom of a roster? Well, that's over. That's way over. That's over. 
the idea that you're going to be at your skill positions, you're going to be 15 deep and just your three running backs go down. And then you've got some freshman who you were going to redshirt. You're like, oh, you're on a four, three. All right, get in there and, and take it and, and go to the house. Not that way anymore. Oh, okay. So we have a, a, a someone who actually covers college football. My office mate, Adam Rittenberg, you know, college football writer for ESPN who happened to be listening because he's probably like trying to go through his notes from what Caitlin Clark was doing last night up, up in Evanston. Adam, how are you, man? I'm doing great guys. Yeah. Great show. Uh, I was actually driving down to DePaul for my class. And so I wanted to give my guy, uh, Courtney Morgan, some love because he has done a great job. Uh, like you guys said, building two outstanding teams. He's actually a former Michigan player, who then went from Michigan to Washington and then you know, had, had those two connections. So. so so is I imagine that this is now a position that a lot of head coaches are going to try and get. From what you've been able to figure out, what what is the role of the general manager in a college football program? Yeah, it's a good question. It kind of started a few years ago, and it's become much more popular. Uh, it's certainly a personnel-based role. It's not dissimilar from – director of player personnel, but you have a role also in staffing and, you know, kind of overseeing a program along with the head coach. That person is usually very close to the head coach. When Kalen DeBoer took the Alabama job, I remember I was talking with Courtney that same day, and by that night, he was getting off a plane with Kalen DeBoer in Tuscaloosa. So usually if you like your general manager and that person's done a good job, especially in the personnel space, you are going to take that person with you everywhere kind of like a strength coach or if you're really in love with one of your coordinators so it it is a new position uh but but a very important one in college football what have been the the complaints that you've heard levied from current coaches or coaches who either took new jobs or walked away from college football overall well i think in general i just think that the lifestyle in the nfl uh is just much much better it has been and it's gotten even better because of the changes in college football with the schedule. I mean, the month of December, guys, think about this, especially with the expanded playoff. If you're preparing a team for the most important teams of the season, you're also having to deal with high school recruiting. Most high school recruits sign around December 20th. You also have to deal with the transfer portal opening uh, the Monday after championship weekend. So it's almost like the, the preparing for the playoff is like third on the list. You have to recruit your own roster. You've got to add your recruits from high school. You've got to make sure you're, you're attending to the portal. So it's a mess, and it's still going on. I mean, there's very few breaks in the calendar, and I know people don't want to cry for coaches who are making millions of dollars or at least the high six figures, but it, I think it's showing that if you can get to the NFL, even as a coordinator, even as kind of a fake coordinator, and we have those in college too, you're probably going to consider that job strongly just because of the lifestyle improvement you'll have at that level. Adam, it was fascinating to me and really eye-opening to hear so many people talking about how far behind the curve what whatever is left of the NCAA enforcement arm is or has right now. That they're, they don't know what they don't know. And even as they're trying to to police tampering, they can't. And essentially... This person said that college players have more leverage 
than NFL players do because of the, the tampering structure that's in place in a league with actual contracts that anybody representing a player could say, hey, we're just saying here, but just talking. What if so-and-so were in the portal? What would your collective have available for NIL if this person were interested and that there's no way that it can be policed? No, the only way it can happen, Dan, and more college coaches are are on board with this when I talk to them, is to go to a full employment model. It just makes it cleaner. And I understand from the college's side, oh, we can't do that, Title IX, but, but from a football standpoint, if a football player is on a contract, and you can negotiate that in recruiting. Are you signing for a year, two years, three years? It gives the teams a lot more security because you know that that player is unable to go into the portal. But they've done this to themselves by not getting ahead of NIL, by letting that period when all those waiver requests were coming in, including one from Justin Fields from Georgia to Ohio State that was kind of rubber stamped. Then you're getting to the portal and to the one-time transfer deal with collectives and money thrown around. It's really a chaotic sport right now, and I don't know other than going again to full-on employment with collective bargaining and very clear guidelines on either side, how it it calms down to a degree from a personnel standpoint. How close are we to the football schools abandoning the NCAA overall? It's interesting, Lawrence. In the spring of 2022, there's a big meeting every spring out in Arizona where all the many of the, the, the major athletic directors and coaches are in one spot. And coming out of that meeting in 2022, I thought we were really close. And then they kind of walked it back. But I think when, when you see, you know, these, the, these you know, cherry-picked situations that the NCAA is now going to say, we're coming after you, Florida State, and we're coming after you, Tennessee, I, I do think it pushes that group closer and closer to finding a solution for football, at least, that's away from the NCAA. I, again, I thought we'd be there uh, very close already. I do think these enforcement situations accelerate that process. I think we take it a step further. I think if you really are trying to get ahead of it, it's time to divorce the football team from the, the, university. the university. And essentially, if these are making club, if these are professional teams, whatever you have to do, rather than it be, you can call it whatever you want and do the paperwork however you want. But essentially, these are minor league professional teams, these are developmental teams that happen to carry the banner of a given university. Right, and, and, and you, you, you've already had you know, a lot of these booster organizations that are separate anyway, so I think we could certainly get there uh, potentially in the next few years. I think there just needs to be a greater acknowledgement of, of what it is. And um, you know, these individual situations, even though they're difficult for the schools to go through, I think do shine a spotlight on this is how it's being done, and it's being done this way at a lot of, a lot of places. Tennessee feels like they're being victimized, but it really does happen – to, to different degrees uh, you know, around the country in college football. We're talking with Adam Rittenberg, senior college football writer for ESPN. He was just kind of listening and driving to work at, at DePaul, which I'll get to in a minute. Dan and I have spent a lot of time this week talking a, a, a lot more women's college basketball yeah. than we usually do. Part of the reason for that is incredible players like Caitlin Clark. What was that like seeing that up close and watching the impact that she's had on the game. It, it was amazing guys. You know, I, I'd been doing some advanced reporting for a, a larger story on, you know, the, the Caitlin Clark road show, so to speak. So I talked to some uh, other, you know, talked to Lisa Bluter, their coach. I talked to some other schools where she would played road games, but to actually see it 
to see the line, you know, stretching from the Welsh Ryan Arena exits all the way to Ashland Avenue. You're talking to people who'd shown up at you know, 10 a.m. or you know, 1 in the afternoon for a 7 o'clock game because most of these women's basketball games are general admission. So it is first come, first serve as far as positioning yourself for Caitlin Clark and then people hanging over the tunnel. I, I, I was kind of standing behind the tunnel as she came out last night to the locker room after the game. And I, I just had never seen a college athlete you know, treated like that from a security standpoint, from photographers, obviously from fans. She's signing some autographs, and she is genuinely appreciative of, of the position she's in. But you know, two security officers get you know escorting her in through through the back entrance to the arena. It, it's it's quite a phenomenon. I, you know, somebody brought up Jimmer Fredette, People on social media last night that may be a comp, but I, I have not seen too many individual college athletes that are able to cross over to the mainstream and capture as many people as, as she has. There were obviously a lot of Iowa people there last night, but I think there were just a lot of people in Iowa stuff because they love Caitlin Clark. How much does she make yearly in NIL? Ooh, I mean, it's it's you know, certainly with the State Farm and the Gatorade, and I mean, she's she she she's 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 up there um, at the very top, Dan. And it's going to be very interesting to see what she does because she can return to Iowa for another season because of the COVID year or, or obviously move on to the, to, to the, to the WNBA. But that's why Where I asked if she she's going to make a lot more yeah. money in, in, in that she would I, in the WNBA. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think because of, of, of this brand that she has built being from Iowa, uh, you know, you know play, playing in the big 10 and, and obviously in the NCAA tournament, there, there is an argument to be made that she should stay and absolutely maximize every cent of her value at the college level before moving on to a league that has a lot of good players but doesn't have the, as many true national superstars as, as right now college uh, women's college basketball does. Well, what do you think about that phenomenon? I, w- I was joking about it earlier this week that if you were to ask like your average sports fan to name other than maybe Zach Eady on the men's side, I think that they would have a hard time. But I think that they know Caitlin Clark and Angel Reese. You know what I mean? Like Paige Beckers. Yeah, I, I think there there are some more. It's we're at a strange place where the women's game might have more household names than the men. And why hasn't Caitlin Clark been made? Why didn't somebody double that? Why can't Connecticut right now say whatever you're making there, we'll double it, or Stanford, whatever you're making there, we'll double it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, certainly they they can try. I think with their endorsements, it doesn't really matter. Um, but but there's you know there's certainly an argument. There was a, a top player, I forget her name, who went from Louisville to uh, LSU. Haley Van Lith uh, with yep. Angel Reed. Yep. Yes, yes, Haley exactly. So you can certainly you can certainly do that. I mean, I was at a, a Maryland, the Maryland Northwestern men's game uh, with my kids a few weeks ago, and the Northwestern students were all over Angel Reese's brother, saying, "You know, Angel's better. She makes more money than you." And like, yes, that's true. Right now, she is better. She does make more money, but it's great recognition that that you know, uh, e- even though they're kind of heckling this guy, uh, it's an acknowledgement of how far some of these star women's players have come. And I do wonder, is it, is it social media? Is it the way that Caitlin plays? Is it, is it is the way that some of these other uh, star players at the women's level have performed that have lifted them up? Because we all remember you know, all the great Connecticut players and the Tennessee players, uh, Candace Parker and others. Why have this group of players elevated so much? And like to your point, beyond the men, who typically are only one and done or two and done, um, they, you know, the, the Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark are, have been around for a while and really built their brands at the college level. Adam, you know you got to get to class, but I, I, speaking of the place where you're going to teach class, 
I had a, a texter bring this up last week, and it seemed crazy. And then I thought about it a little bit, and I f- I'm actually now like fully endorsing this idea. I would love to know what you would think about it. Do you think that it makes sense as DePaul is looking for a new men's coach for them to reach out to Don Staley? Oh, uh, you, you know, I think she's obviously had interest uh, or received interest rather um, for, for, for men's jobs, college and the NBA. It's worth a shot. I think what DePaul can't do, it, no matter which direction they go, is to get, you know, I, I don't want to say older, but I, I feel like they need somebody who's not descending on their career. They need somebody who's ascending, who's maybe a young and upper comer or somebody that's just done well, who might only be there for three years yes. and then bounce to a bed. That's okay. That happens in a lot of places. I don't know why DePaul has had this series of you know, kind of older coaches on the downside of their careers. Why do you have to be that? You can be something else, even if you're just a stepping stone, because at least it'll bring some success to, to this program. But, you know, Don Staley, I, I, you know, certainly somebody that they could reach out to. I don't know if it'll go anywhere, but I, I, they have to be thinking broader because you can't have another bad hire. Each one of these bad hires just adds to the misery around this program. I was there, Lawrence, 2004, Buffalo, New York, the last time they made the NCAA tournament. You know, 20 years now, it's been it's been really depressing since. It really, really has. Well, thank you so much for calling in. Good luck with class today, and we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good, guys. Appreciate you. That is Adam Rittenberg, senior college writer for ESPN. It's so funny because in our pre-show meeting, we, we, we were talking about it, and I said, we should really get Adam Rittenberg on this. Yes. And, and, then, and then Ray's like, you know, that might take a little more lead time. He's busy that he's with ESPN, so we have to get some permissions to maybe do that. And he was covering college right. basketball he's coming last on, night. So then we start talking, and he calls it. <laughs> Which is great. Fantastic. That's how, how it's supposed to work if you're doing it right. Yeah, Texer, don't sleep on, on Anissa Morrow. Yeah, I think that part of the problem at LSU this year is there's too much talent and not enough basketballs. And if you watch their game against Mississippi State this past week, you saw it. You saw it play out. They don't know who to go to when the game is on the line. Well, I thought they had the, the greatest coach in the world. Well, see, here here's the very interesting Even thing about she's that. A- Here's the very interesting thing about that. This year, Kim Mul- like, like people people who don't like Kim do Mulkey like are her. pointing to the fact of coach your team. Do you actually are you actually a good coach? Coach your team. We know that you're a good recruiter. Yep. But can you actually coach? Because there were moments like I think that she's turning. I think that she looks at Haley Van Lith and goes me. And I don't think that Haley Van Lith is the same player as Kim Mulkey was. I think Haley Van Lith is a killer from the outside. Let her shoot. Remember when, when Kim Mulkey had COVID and she came out in the press conference she was, and she's like, I'm coughing on everybody and I might have COVID and I'm not getting a test. Yes. Like, oh, that's awesome. Great. Yes. It's really, I, it's really nice of you. I do remember yeah, that. Thanks, thanks. Thanks so much. It was unfortunate. Yeah. Lovely. Awesome. Let's do a what I think is a positive follow-up to a story that depressed both of us. Let's let's find out what's happening with the the destruction of a Jackie Robinson statue and the good things that are happening because of it. Have they caught these goobers yet? I don't think so. Okay, it takes time. Nah, it shouldn't take time for guys that's stupid. They'll they'll find them. Okay, we'll talk about that next on the score. You're listening to Bernstein and Holmes middays ten to two on Sports Radio six seventy The Score. It's Odyssey Station. 
Okay, so there was a life-size Jackie Robinson statue that was stolen from a park in Wichita. Not only was it stolen, it was broken apart and then burned. It was cut off at the feet, taken away in a pickup truck, and then cut up and burned beyond uh, usefulness or salvation. So that happened. The police are tracking it, and they think that they found the truck that the the statue was laid in. That's the terrible news. That's the awful news. That's the seemingly terrorist news here. The good news is, is that since then, Major League Baseball itself, all 30 clubs, and League 42, which is you know one of the, the offshoots of the Jackie Robinson Foundation, they're going to be replacing the statue. That baseball itself has said that they're going to play a significant role in getting the statue replaced. So that seems like good news. Do they understand the importance not only of Jackie Robinson, but what that statue might mean to all sorts of people in Wichita and beyond, and that they understand that that part of protecting Jackie Robinson's legacy is protecting Jackie Robinson's legacy. I just don't know. If you have the truck, how do you not have the perpetrators? Because police work takes time, Dan. You have the truck. It's got a license plate. Like, there's a car. Yes, like- but those people might have fled, and then you might have to find them. You want to make sure that you're finding the right people. By the way, the fundraiser has already, online fundraisers already surpassed 140000 oh, It's like double the amount that they needed almost. I think it's closing in at 200000 at this point. Which is great. It's great news that there are a lot of people in the Major League Baseball teams themselves have understood the importance of this. I think that they're probably going to find these guys, Dan. They bet they have the truck. But I mean, come on. We just you just did a if high they, noon story about say, a lady who went to Costa Rica. If they could find her in Costa Rica by advertising for a yoga instructor, yeah, but they were and, very, she, and she saved the receipt from her plastic surgery, and they found the receipt. I know those they are were, federal marshals. They These were are very. Wichita they police. had almost given up, though. They were yeah, close to, to giving up. It was a hail mary, and they still found that lady. So I think that they're probably going to be all right. Find let. This is one of the, you're not going to hear me say this often, but let the police do their job. <laughs> okay. I All think right. they're probably going to find these people fairly quickly. And then, you know, maybe maybe they can give a little bit of that, you know, that justice that they're always talking about doling out. Maybe they can give some of that. Just before. comply. Just, just just comply. You give them the business down there. Yeah, just just comply. Everything is fine. Oh my my body cam turned off again. Yep. Oops. That it does that sometimes. Sometimes that would be good. Um. All right. Next segment is coming up that you will want to listen to. One because we can get Alex Brown on the record here at the score about some of the things that he thinks about the Bears' quarterback position, and two. Because he got called out earlier this week on this very show. So we're going to talk with Alex Brown about all sorts of stuff, including whether or not he was a good teammate. Next on The Score. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.